Thanks for checking out this message from Coastal Community Church. We hope it's helpful and encouraging. Uh, relationship goals is a term that's thrown around quite a bit these days. Uh, but here's the thing. It's 2020. It's 2020. Like, and it's only August, people. Like, we still got a few months uh, to persevere through this. Uh, this has been a difficult time for many of you. Many of you right here in the room, many of you watching online. It's been a difficult time uh, for you financially. It's been a difficult time for you socially. And I think maybe even more than any way, it's been difficult on so many of us relationally. But I think this is a great time for us to be able to evaluate ourselves relationally. And here's the thing, today, you may be in this room, you may be watching online, and you are single. And this time has been really difficult on you, really tough. You haven't been able to go to, to dinner and hang out with friends and go do stuff and, you know, activity and see people around. So you've been kind of, you know, hanging at home with your friends, Ben and Jerry, like that kind of thing has been your, been your deal these last few months. Maybe you're in a dating relationship right now. And it's been tough to go on dates. There's no movies. People, I am so saddened by the fact that I can't go to the movie theater the last few months. I eagerly await the day and all the movies that have been pushed back uh, for the months ahead or next summer even uh, for the movies to be open. But it's been so hard for you to go on a date. You you couldn't even go to uh, restaurants for a while. You couldn't go to putt-putt. How do you go on a date? How do you date somebody with no putt-putt? Like, how does that even happen, right? Like, that's like a requirement for dating relationships these days. But you know, when it comes to, to dating and, and having that opportunity, uh, you know, maybe it's kind of like a, maybe you do like a Netflix watch party together. You, hey, I'll get on and you get on and we'll watch it together and we can comment each other or whatever. Do something like that. Or maybe you're here today or you're watching online and you're married. And this has been a time where you've been working from home, maybe you and your spouse, and you have realized why your marriage works because you both work away from each other 40 to 50 hours a week normally. You know, we hear this, this saying of absence makes the heart go fonder. Maybe absence makes the marriage last longer as well. You know, maybe it's that kind of a thing uh, as a part of it. But our book today that is the hook for today's message is called Relationship Goals. And it's by Pastor Michael Todd out of Oklahoma. It is a great book. Whether you are somebody that is single, whether somebody that's in a dating relationship or you're engaged or you're married, this is something for you. It's a book that I think everybody would love. Uh, it's got great content. It's got uh, very, a lot of, it's biblically rich, a lot of passages of scripture to help support uh, the principles and the ideas in it. There's a lot of humor going on in there as well. Uh, if you're a child of the 80s and 90s like myself, there's a lot of great pop culture references from back in the day. Uh, but I would encourage you to check out this book. It's an easy read, uh, and I think you'll enjoy it. And so I hope that you will uh, check it out. It was one of the first books that we had that were gone, but you can check it out on Amazon or any of your local bookstores. But here's the thing. Today, my hope is that you can evaluate the relationships that you have in your life. One, the relationship with you and yourself, but also you and the relationships that you have with maybe a boyfriend or a girlfriend, you with somebody that you're engaged to, or maybe even you and your spouse, but most importantly, between you and your God. And that's my hope for today. And that, you know, right now, for those of you who are sitting in this room, and especially those of you who are watching online, my hope is that you will share this message with somebody that is maybe struggling with the relationships right now. Uh, you know, if you're watching online, uh, you know, tag them, put it on Facebook, say, hey, you need to watch this about relationships. Don't do that. Don't tag them. Send it to them privately. Uh, you know, don't call them out on their struggles with relationships. But it's a message that I think that will fit for so many people. And maybe it's today that you could share that with them and, and let them know. 
Uh, but here's the deal. I could go in a lot of different directions with this book. This book hits on so many different areas of relationships. It talks about, uh, you know, being single and singleness and what that is and the idea, uh, uh, the fact that, you know, we have like the, you know, the single ladies and the single men and this life of singleness and what that looks like. And there's this, this saying of being single and ready to mingle. And maybe so many of you are like, I am single and surviving. And maybe that's you. And that today this message is for you. But also maybe you're in a dating relationship. You know, we could, have, we could have looked at the theme from that, from this book, and talked about some kind of like a, an ancient e-harmony or something like that to be able to, to talk about what dating is and how you date intentionally and date with a purpose and what that looks like. Or maybe you're here today and you're married or you're watching online and we could have looked at, you know, 10 ways to love your spouse better. We could have also looked at the area and the topic that's studied in here of sex. Now, here's what I want you to know. Sex is good. Amen. Sex is created by God with certain guidelines, certain guardrails, but it is meant to be good. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to look to your neighbor. I want you to say, sex is good. Uh, now, that can't get really more awkward than that unless you're sitting next to your 10-year-old. In that case, I'm sorry. I apologize. But hey, if you are single, you are welcome. I just opened up the lines of communication, and it can't really get more awkward uh, than that. But, uh, you know, several years ago, I was a youth pastor for a long time, and I did a series with students years ago called How to Have the Best Sex Ever for Teenagers, Middle Schoolers, and High Schoolers. And I came up with these little cards, and we put the series name on there, and the day was going to start, and the time, I gave them to all my students, and they went and passed them out to their friends, and our attendance doubled the very next week. Doubled. Now, once they got there and realized I wasn't going to show pictures or videos or describe things, it went back down the following week, but we got them there that one week on the title of How to Have the Best Sex Ever. And so uh, sex is something that is definitely hit on during this, this book, but it's not something I, I felt like I could preach today because my wife said, if you preach about sex, I'm not coming. I'm not, I'm not showing up, right? And so uh, for that case, I decided we should uh, go beyond that uh, as well. But what we are going to cover is some biblical principles for setting and reaching goals in our relationships. Now, I do want to let you know this. I am going to focus a little bit more on our singles, our dating, the, the, the single life, uh, a little bit more. But this is for everybody. This is for those of you that are married as well. These principles apply to your marriage as well. But I am going to focus on the single people because sometimes we leave the single people out a little bit. We do a marriage series, but here's what we're going to do. We're going to do a, a series for singles today. And so I'm going to focus a little bit more uh, on you in the content uh, that we have. But these principles that we look at are for everyone in every relationship. Whether you are waiting, you are dating, or you are mating, this is for you, okay? So when it comes to relationship goals, the very first thing is that you are doing something wrong in your relationships. We could probably all agree. In the relationships that we have, we are doing things that are wrong. The Bible actually points out hundreds of things that we do wrong in our relationships by sometimes telling us what to do, knowing that we are not doing the right thing. Something like never treat your spouse harshly, Colossians 3.19. That's a good one to know. A person without self-control is defenseless, Proverbs 25.28. Or, bad company corrupts good character, 1 Corinthians 15, 33. Or, never date a guy who drives a Prius and lives at home with his mom. That's probably not in there. Never, never date a girl that her Facebook profile picture is her with a bunch of dudes in a hot tub. That's just good advice, okay? I'm just throwing that out there. Like, for relationships, it's, it's not good. But, the wrong goals that we have in our relationships bring the influence of sin into the other areas of our life. Here's the deal. Being in a sinful relationship with someone will negatively affect your sanctified relationship with Jesus. 
being in a sinful relationship with someone will negatively affect your sanctified relationship with Jesus. If you have a relationship that sin has just gotten in and gotten a hold of it, it is affecting you and your relationship with Christ. When you sin, I want you to know this, when you sin, you are taking Jesus right there with you into that sin. You are taking him with you. He is right there with you in every step, every bad decision, every poor choice, every poor action. He's not watching from some distance, but he is right there with you when you sin. It should be humbling for so many of us to realize that, man, he's right there. You see, Proverbs 14, 12 says, there is a way that seems right to a person, but its end is the way to death. There's a way that seems right to us, but the end is death. Emotions, guilt, lack of confidence will lead us in the wrong way. And so many times we get going down a path and we think it's going to continue. Like, well, I keep doing this thing and I keep going down this path and eventually it's going to be the right thing. And as if like all this stuff's going to go wrong and at the end you're going to find someone that's tall, dark, and handsome at the end of this wrong path. Or you're going to find someone that's brown and beautiful or white and just right. You know, like whatever it may be, you're going to find somebody at the end that's ready for you. That's there for you. Because you've been going about it the wrong way and you just assume at some point the wrong way is going to lead to the right person, the right relationship. You see, it might feel right because it's easy or it's timely. But when God's relationship goals aren't our relationship goals, it's not going to be good. It's not going to be good. Think about what could, you could possibly lose when you sin in a relationship. Maybe you slide into somebody's DMs or you connect with that person, that old flame from high school through Facebook. It just starts out very on the surface, but then it develops into something so much deeper, an intimate thing, a, a conversational thing, or maybe eventually even leads to a physical thing where it is a meetup and it goes from there. Maybe it's an addiction to pornography. That each time you click on the next picture or the next video that you feel like this is going to lead me to something good, this is going to lead me to something that is fulfilling, something that is life-giving. Or maybe, just maybe, you even lead to sex outside of marriage. Whether that's sex before you are ever married, or whether that's sex with someone that is not your spouse. These kinds of sins can cause unreal expectations, can definitely cause an unhealthy marriage, can lead to a loss of connection, an unsatisfaction, a depression that's in our life, can lead to adultery. It can even lead to losing your family. There are some severe consequences that come when we have sin in our relationships. But if you want a great marriage, and here's this is for the single people in the room, if you want a great marriage one day, whether that's next week, whether that's five years from now, if you want a great marriage one day, stop having sex right now. It is not leading you to a great, healthy, and successful marriage. It's leading you to these unreal expectations, to an unhealthy relationship, to distorted ideas of what sex really is. I want you to know today that you need to surrender your sexuality to God and not to just the next person that comes along. You are valued, and a relationship with you is a high-priced item that requires love, requires honor, requires work, and most importantly, it requires commitment. That's the key, is the commitment. Find someone who is willing to put in the work and to make the commitment with you. Hold the standard high. Raise the bar. Now, some of you have been treated, have not been treated well, and some of you have been the ones that are not treating others well. And I think this shows in the relationships that you now have. It shows in the relationships that you currently keep. 
Is there someone right now that you are in here, and if you're someone that has been the one that has not treated others well, is there someone that you need to seek forgiveness from? You need to repent of that, with the sin and the, and the things that you cause from, but is there someone that you need to seek forgiveness because you didn't treat them with love, honor, and respect? Here's something important for every one of us. Repentance brings about restoration in our relationships. Repentance brings restoration in relationships. It restores those things. Seek repentance. Be humbly. Go up to somebody and to say, you know what? I was wrong, and I'm sorry, and apologize. Ask for forgiveness and to be able to restore that relationship. So how do we fix these wrong things that we're doing in our relationships? Number two, you have something to learn in your relationships. You have something to learn in your relationships. Once you recognize the wrong, then you can move on to the learn. People will continue to make the wrong decisions in their relationships and then wonder, why didn't this turn out differently? I've done this the same way I've done all 20 other relationships I have. Why didn't this one turn out differently? Well, there needs to be a change. There's obviously something that's happening that you're doing or that you're not doing that is wrong in that, and you've got to be able to learn from that, to be able to see that relationship ultimately get to it, you know, to be fulfilling, to be a loving, to be a, a solid, God-glorifying relationship. You have to correct a wrong path to make it a right path. It's not just going to become a right path all of a sudden. What are some things that we need to learn? The first one is this, love. We need to learn what love is and what it really is, how we express that love. 1 Peter 4.8 says, Most important of all, continue to show deep love for each other, for love covers a multitude of sins. This is for any and every relationship that you have, to show deep love for one another. Because love will cover a multitude of sins, a multitude of wrongdoing, a multitude of struggles and things and conflict. True love will cover that. In the Bible, there's three different terms used for the word love. The first one is phileo, which means friendship. Friendship, to truly care about somebody and to to lift them up and to honor them because they are your friend and you care about who they are. Another one is called eros. This is where we get our term erotic from. This is the idea of uh, this romantic love. It's what culture tells us that we need. It's what culture tells us what real love is. It's this romanticized thing, this passionate that every day you walk in the house and your spouse and you have this just moment of connection and eyes locking. You know, songs come up and you're just like, and you stare at each other and you walk to her and there's this passionate kiss. And like, that's what they tell you real love really is. And no, it's not. It's a romanticized type of love. You look up hashtag relationship goals on social media these days and you will find thousands, hundreds of thousands of things that all are connected to this idea of this romantic love. But here's the deal. Real love is outdoing each other in sacrifice, which leads to the third type of love, and that's called agape love. That verse that I just read, 1 Peter 4.8, says to show deep love for each other. It's agape love. It's unconditional God love. It's the way that God loves us to cherish and to have affection for. This is the deepest love that that motivates sacrifice and a never-ending connection, no matter the circumstances. That's the kind of love we need to have in our relationships. If you're married, and you're in the room or you're watching online, if you're married, this kind of love means that you don't run when it gets hard. It means that you stand up. It means that you fight. It means that you take it head on, and you work together to overcome the conflict to overcome the struggles, this loss of communication, the loss of passion, the loss of whatever intimacy that's happened in your relationship when you were married, it means that you stay and you fight because you've made a commitment before God and before people to say, this is my spouse for the long haul, till death do us part. And so I want you to know that today. But this is the love that is shown in Jesus for us to imitate in our relationships. 
Jesus imitated this love and the fact that he came to this earth, that he lived this perfect, sinless life, and that he died on the cross in our place, and he, and he loved the world, John 3, 16, right? He loved every one of us to say, you know what, I'm going to sacrifice my life, and I'm going to die on the cross. I'm going to take the pain and the punishment that's meant for each one of us, and I'm going to take it on myself, and I am going to die on the cross. That's agape love. That's deep, unconditional God love, that he cherishes us, that he has affection for us, and it's shown in Jesus for us to be able to imitate in the relationships that we have. The second thing that we learn is peace. Peace. Romans 12, 19 says, don't quarrel with anyone. Be at peace with everyone just as much as possible. Now, some of you are saying, bro, it's not possible with some people. I get it. I know. Try. Work at it. Be at peace with everyone as much as possible. But that means you got to work at it. That means you got to try. So many single adults You'll hold on to somebody in your life that is so toxic, the most toxic people in your life. You'll hold on to them, and they constantly bring you down. They don't love or honor you, but it's because, I think it's because you think it's the best that you can get, and you settle. Don't settle. A relationship with you is a high-priced, high-valued item. Find somebody that's willing to put in the work. Find somebody that's willing to put in the commitment. Then work at it together. You are more valuable than just being another name on somebody's resume in their life. Some of you, I want you to know and understand this, you are that toxic person. My encouragement for you today is that you would repent, that you would realize and acknowledge, do a little self-reflection, say, you know what, I'm, I'm, I'm the toxic person a lot of times in the relationship, and that you would begin to change and transform, seek repentance from those that you have wronged, and to begin to live that out in your life. You see, being single is a great time to work on yourself. It's a great time to prepare for what's next. Because here's what I want to tell you, those of you that are single. You don't have to be single and ready to mingle. You can be single and satisfied. Single and satisfied. Because you're not alone. When you have a relationship with Christ, he's right there walking every step of the way with you. Now, the next thing that we need to learn is purpose. Proverbs 4.23 says, Guard your heart above all else, for it is the source of life. We've got to have purpose. Purpose in the relationships that we have. But it says to guard your heart above all else, for it is the source of life. There's no problem with recreational dating when you are young. The problem comes when you get older and recreational dating is now your problem and not your past. Date with a purpose. An intentional date. An intentional dating relationship. Your heart, your soul, it says in this passage, is the source of life. You know how it's the source of life? When God has control of it. Does God have control of your heart and your soul today? For some of you, he doesn't. Maybe today's the day that you make that commitment to say, you know what, I want God to have my heart. I want to surrender my heart and my soul to him. I want to surrender my sexuality to him. I want to surrender my relationships to him. And my hope is that you would do that today. When you have purpose in your life and in your relationships, you will reject the things that obstruct the plan that you have and the purpose in your life. You'll reject them. You say, that doesn't help me, that doesn't provide, that doesn't edify or encourage me, that doesn't help me get to where I'm going or where God wants me to be, and you object to those things. You toss them out, you throw them to the side. And whatever that may be, whether it's what you do on Friday night, whether that's who you're talking to on Saturday, whatever it is, who you're talking to online, if there's things that are obstructing that plan, those are things that you set aside and you get those out of there so that you can focus on the plan and the intentional thing that Jesus has for you in your relationships. So what is that plan? You know, what, it, it does all, what is the plan that we have? It leads us to number three, that God has a plan for your relationships. He has a plan. 
He has a plan for you and you're waiting and you're dating and in your mating. And the only thing that can mess it up is us getting in the way. Have you ever realized that? Then when we start thinking about more about ourselves and, and, and the desires and the selfish, sinful, fleshly desires that we have, when we start throwing those things into the mix, it really messes it up. But when God has a, you have a perfect God that has a perfect plan for your life and you just have to fit into it. You have to go into it and go with it. That the one thing that is not perfect is us. And that we mess it up. We make mistakes. We sin. We get in, give into temptation. We do all these things and we struggle. Our sinful fleshly desires will lead us astray every time. Our emotions. John 13, 34 says, So now I am giving you a new commandment. Love each other. That's agape love. Love each other. Just as I have loved you, you should love each other. He says here, a new commandment, meaning this is important as the original commandments. You know the original commandments? You know, honor your father and your mother, don't commit adultery, don't kill, all those kinds of things. This is an, an additional commandment, a new commandment that is as important as the old ones, to love each other, to just as I have loved you, you should love each other, to love others like you have been loved by Jesus, to forgive others like you have been forgiven. Now, if you're a single and I want to, just to encourage you in this. If single people would love each other like this, then I think we'd have a lot less one-night stands. I think we'd have a lot less broken hearts, a lot less distorted ideas about what a real relationship is. And I think even more so, we'd have a lot less broken marriages today. Maybe our high divorce rate in the world today has less to do with bad marriages and more to do with bad singleness. That we live a single life in a way with no rules and regulations, no guidelines and guardrails, with no purpose, no intentional desire or reason, then we need to look at that and evaluate that in our life. Hebrews 12, 1-2 says, Therefore, since we also have such a large crowd of witnesses surrounding us, let us lay aside every hindrance and the sin that so easily ensnares us. Let us run with endurance the race that lies before us, keeping our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith, for the joy that lay before him, he endured the cross, despising the shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. This passage of scripture is so important, that there is a large cloud of witnesses surrounding us. Do you realize that the world is looking at you as a Christian to see how you live in your relationships, how you treat one another, how you treat your singleness, how you treat those that you are dating, how you treat your spouse? The world is watching to see if you are doing it any differently than they are. Because you do have a cloud of witnesses. But let us lay aside every hindrance and sin that easily ensnares us. Get rid of the things in your life that are tempting you, that are bringing you out of the God's plan and purpose for your relationships that you have, your marriage, your dating relationship, and your singleness. But to keep your eyes on Jesus because he endured the cross, despising the shame. In life's race, imagine if we just kept our eyes on Jesus in our relationships. That's a world I want to live in. And I know one day we will when we get to heaven, but I think we could start here. I think we could start now. Jesus needs to be the central figure in any relationship that we have. He needs to be what's central in the relationships, in your dating and in your marriage. He needs to be central. You remember when you're like middle school and high school and you got to go to a dance, the teacher's like, make room for Jesus, you know, and you like got to stand, like, you know, you do your thing. Like, seriously, make room for Jesus, not just physically, but make room for Jesus in the relationship that you have. Make room Allow him to be the third part of that relationship. Relationship goals, here, and I want you to understand, relationship goals can change based on the season of life that you are in. If you are single, now is the time to prepare your heart and your soul for what's to come. Prepare. 
Spend time becoming the person that someone else is searching for. You know, a lot of times we have this idea of like, oh oh man, one day I want to marry a a guy or a girl that like, they love Jesus and they have a good work ethic and they love their family and all that stuff. Are you the type of person that that type of person is searching for? Spend your time preparing, preparing yourself to be the person that that person is searching for. Spend your time in your singles to prepare your heart and soul for what's to come. If you're dating, learn to be in a relationship. That's a great time to learn to be in a relationship while you're dating and discover if there is a future and if there's not, you move on. Move on. But here's a caution I want to give you in a dating relationship. Don't live like you're married because you're not. There's not a commitment. There's not a commitment before God and people to say this is the pact that I made with this person as my partner, as my spouse. But use your dating time to find out what it's like to be in a relationship and to learn to live in that way. If you're married, God says that we become one when we are married. We become united as one. And when we become united as one, here's the thing, we accept ownership, and then we take of of the relationship that we're in, the marriage that we're in, we take time to nurture that relationship, and then we evolve together. We grow and we change as a union of two people becoming one, and we work together through the seasons of life through a newlywed couple, through kids and job changes, job loss, health, all of those things, and we work together. And we don't run when it gets hard, when there's conflict, but we work at it together. So if God has a plan for our marriage, our relationships, then what is our part? What is the part that we have? What is the part that we play, the role that we play in this? Which leads me to number four. You have action steps to take in your relationships. You have action steps, things that you need to do. Romans 12, 9 to 10 says, don't just pretend that you love others. Really love them. Hate what is wrong. Stand on the side of good. Love each other with genuine affection and take delight in honoring each other. Don't pretend. Don't pretend, but love others. Stop being fake. Stop leading others on. Stop acting as if there is a greater purpose when you have one thing in mind. Let's have a, like a combined, a united front, a united purpose together when you are in a dating relationship. When you are in a marriage, don't pretend to love each other, but truly love each other. Don't just put on a show that there has to be something real and authentic. It also says to hate what is wrong. You don't hate the person You hate the game, right? No, like you hate the action. You hate what they're doing. And even if that is you, to hate what you're doing. Have you ever self-evaluated and thought, man, I hate what I'm doing. I hate the life that I'm living. I hate the actions that I'm giving into. I hate the sin that's in my life. I hate the temptations I struggle with day in and day out. Have you ever self-evaluated and said, you know what? I need to hate what's wrong. I need to attack it. I need to remove it. It also says to love each other, to love each other with genuine authentic affection, that agape love, that unconditional, sacrificing love. It says to honor each other, to make each other better, and to want what is best. Honor each other. Man, honor is something that's a a common theme throughout this entire book of Relationship Goals by Michael Todd. And if we were to honor each other in all the relationships that we had, honor our friends, honor our boyfriend or girlfriend, honor our spouse, And even most importantly, honoring our God. If we would honor people, I think our world and our relationships would be in such a better place. 1 Thessalonians 5.11 says, So encourage each other and build each other up, just as you were already doing. Did you catch that? Encourage each other. Build each other up. As you are already doing, it's saying, Paul's saying, you've already been doing this, or you should, he's assuming that you are already doing this, and he's saying, encourage each other, continue to do that, continue to encourage, continue to build each other up, continue to honor each other. 
Treat each other as being a part of the same family because you are a part of God's family. Treat them as a beloved brother and sister in Christ. No matter if the relationship doesn't work out, would you all like a relationship where you are encouraged and built up through honor and respect? We all would say yes to that, right? Every single one of us. And I think this can happen, and it starts, I think, by treating ourselves this way first. Matthew twenty-two thirty-nine. Jesus said, love your neighbor as yourself. Love your neighbor as yourself. You have to love yourself first, and the, reason, the way you love yourself first is you realize that your identity is not in who you are, but it's in who Jesus is in your life. Your identity is in Christ. And when your identity is in Christ, you begin to have self-respect for who you are, and you begin to honor yourself. You begin to love who you are in the way that God has created you, and he's created every little thing about you. He knows exactly who you are, exactly what you uh, find joy in, exactly what you find hurt and anger and sadness in, but he knows you, and he loves you, and you should love yourself because he has loved you, and he has created you that way. Once you love yourself, then you can love your neighbor. I think it's important for you to realize that when you get into a relationship, there's some things that you should ask, and there's different questions that you can ask about the relationship that you are in to help you define, like, are we, is this relationship really about who God is in my life and the way that he has loved me? Some of those questions like, is God in this relationship at all? Is God pleased with the relationship that we have? Do we both grow closer to God in this relationship? Do people outside of this relationship see God in our relationship? There's a bunch of other questions you could throw out there. And this, these questions, I ask these questions because it leads to number five, which is the bottom line. This is the, if you get anything, get this right here. The goal of any relationship is to glorify God. Any and all relationship, friendship, boyfriend, girlfriend, fiance, marriage, glorify God with your relationship. That's the main, that's the ultimate relationship goal. If that relationship that you are in or have glorifies God, and you were doing something right. Now, I was a history major in college. I love history. I love World War II history. Uh, one of the, obviously with World War II, uh, June 6, 1944, D-Day. The Allied forces invaded and stormed the beaches of Normandy to establish a beachhead, to make way for resupplies, to make way for more support and more troops to be able to land. And when they overtook that beach, they planted a flag. They planted a flag saying, we have taken this. They would go on to plant this flag to claim this victory over a defeated enemy. Here's what I want to tell you. You have an enemy right now in your life, Satan, who is trying to get into every relationship that you have. He's trying to steal your relationships. He's trying to take over your life through temptation and sin and fleshly desires. But Satan has already been defeated. Jesus has already overcome Satan and who he is. And I want you to realize that Jesus wants to plant a flag in your life. He wants to plant a flag in your relationship. He wants to provide support. And it comes through understanding and realizing that Jesus has already done this. He's planted this flag of victory in your life. He's inviting you to come and stand with him on the side of salvation and freedom and eternal hope. He's claimed victory in your relationships and for your eternity. Let me tell you this. With that victory flag planted in your life and in your relationships, sin has no hold on you. No hold. Satan can't stop you when you've already got a flag of victory planted by Jesus. Jesus has overcome sin and death, and he's declared victory. And he's declared it in your relationships and in your eternity, in your salvation, and in your heart, and in your soul, because your heart and your soul is the source of life when Jesus has a hold of it. And my hope for you today is that if you don't have a relationship with Jesus, that he doesn't have your heart, 
that you would surrender that to him today. And then after that, you would surrender your relationships, surrender your sexuality, surrender your marriage and your singleness to him. Let's pray. Father God, I just want to thank you right now, Lord. Father, for who you are, for your son, Jesus Christ. And God, I want to thank you for our relationships that we have. Father, for those that are in this room, Lord, that are single. Right now, I know this season, these last few months, has been really difficult, really tough. Father, I pray that they know that they're not alone. That they can be single and satisfied in the fact that they have a Savior right there with them, walking every step of the way. Father, for those that are in a dating relationship right now, God, I pray that they would do a little self-reflection, evaluation of the relationship they're in, and to say, is God in this? Is he the third part in this relationship? Father, I pray that they would glorify you during that relationship and their actions. Father, they would run from sin together. Father, they would flee from temptation. Father, for those that are single and those that are dating right now, Lord, I just want to, I want them to know and I want them to understand, Lord, that they are a high-priced, high-valued item that you paid the ultimate price to purchase their heart and their soul. Father, I pray that they wouldn't settle. Father, I pray that they would understand that you love them, that you want what's best for them, and you have set up guidelines and guardrails for them to follow, to have a relationship that glorifies you. And Father, that they would object, they would reject the things that are in their life that lead them away from this purpose that you have for them. Father, for those that are married today, I pray, Lord, that this relationship talk, these these few points and principles, God, it's something for them to maybe look at and to reevaluate in their marriage, to talk about, say, do we have love? Do we have peace? And what is our purpose together? Because in a marriage, you've been united together as one, that we are one flesh, that, Father, we live a life that glorifies you. It's not going to be perfect, but, God, it can glorify you as we strive together. That's my hope for those that are married today, watching online and right here in the room. And Father, above all of these things dealing with relationships, God, I want people to know that you created them exactly the way that they are, that you have loved them so much that you have sacrificed your one and only son, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross for them. And that God, through his sacrifice and through his death, their sin has been covered and paid for. And that right now they could surrender their heart to you because our heart is the source of life, but the source of life comes from you when you have our heart. And I pray that those that are watching and those that are here would surrender their heart today so that you can own it. And that from that heart of love that you have given us and provide for us, Lord, that we can live out our life and our relationships. Father, allow us to surrender our hearts right now. Break our hearts for what breaks yours. It's your name that we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening. From Pastor Chris and the family at Coastal Community Church, have a blessed day.